Welcome to season two of Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff and hopefully leave you with some practical takeaways. Think of it as rent a best friend for when you need us. We hope this podcast allows us all to be human, to feel, and to lean in. To catch our latest episodes, follow and subscribe. We're glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our fabulous podcast, Consciously Uncurated. Hi, Les. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic as usual. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So last week, we talked with some wonderful female friends Mm -hmm. about menopause. Yeah. I think we should just give a quick recap because I think there's a few things maybe we missed that we want to just get out there before we go on with our fabulous topic of sisterhood. Yeah. And actually, I don't think we thought we forgot it. But this week, since we tried to curate the menopause discussion and what questions we were going to ask, we assumed that everybody knew what the symptoms of menopause were. And in talking now with conversations feeler, with, other, yeah, with other women, friends, yeah. Yeah. In this last week, and I'm mentioning some symptoms and I just can't believe how many women said to me, oh, what? <laughs> I didn't even know that was a symptom. Yeah. And even in just the conversation we had last week, I learned new things. Totally. Right? So it just kind of spurred this conversation of like, wait a second. I think we need to at least put it out there. Yeah. And I just think this topic is so big and everybody is so different. Everybody's body is so different that you can't possibly cover all of this. Yeah. This is the importance of making sure for us, you and me, that we just wanted to make sure that we're talking to our doctor and that we're staying in community with other women to help us navigate this, right? Yeah. I had to Google the symptoms when I started to realize I was in perimenopause. And as I was looking at them, because like I said, I had talked to my doctor, but then when I actually Googled the symptoms, I was like, oh my goodness, I am getting almost all of these. All at once. All at once. And like I said, they just keep coming on. Yeah, I'm going to give a a little list to them. Well, first of all, mine were irregular periods. They were coming like every three, four, six, eight months, (laughs) depending before they finally stopped. And then certainly um, mood swings, brain fog, Mm -hmm. sleep issues. I think most women were experiencing night sweats, hot flashes, dryness. Okay. Weight gain, I think is a big one. Most women are experiencing that. that Vision loss, incontinence, Mm -hmm. uh, uterine prolapsing, osteoporosis, certainly vaginal dryness, and no more sex drive. (laughs) The thing is, is many women, I don't want to exaggerate, they were like, no, you know, menopause or perimenopause has been good for me. I, you know, my symptoms have been pretty lax and it's been fine. And then as I was talking about the symptoms, they were like, oh "Oh, yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Not even knowing they're experiencing these symptoms. Mm -hmm. Many, many many symptoms. And maybe is it because it's spread out more for them? I just think the ones that we joke about Mm -hmm. are hot flashes. Yeah. They're the evident ones that we see in other women, right? You see a woman going, oh my gosh, all of a sudden the sweater comes <laughs> off, right? And the brow white, then that's kind of the going joke or sleep. Yeah. And those ones aren't embarrassing. We, right. Just so I think we've been able to talk about those. But when you're talking about, oh yeah, I can't remember the last time I had sex with my husband. Yeah. No woman is going to share that information okay. openly with you. Or hair loss or vaginal dryness. Do we really want to <laughs> be talking there? about those yeah. things? Or something's falling out of the, the bottom of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
And so all these other ones are the ones that women aren't talking about that are afraid to talk about or even mm-hmm. not maybe even wanting to present those to your doctor. Yeah. Your girlfriends. Yeah. Asking those questions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just kind of wanted to reiterate for you all out there just in case. Plus, of course, you can Google. There's of course. so many resources now. Mm-hmm. And I know you've come across a couple good books. Well, one in particular, because I was looking for resources, I felt like our doctor was learning as fast as I was. Right. She was just starting to realize because she's a similar age to me that, oh my goodness, so <laughs> many women are coming to my office. I need to be up on this information now. Yeah. So now she's just starting to go to these conferences and seminars. So in the meantime, time, I was seeking out other resources. I do find on social media, there's some really great women that we follow who are sharing information. They're nurse practitioners and doctors, physicians Mm -hmm. who are providing great information. But I also found that that the Galveston Diet was a good resource. That book was a great resource for me only because I had never considered intermittent fasting before. Yeah. And I have done this and I will be honest, I was a little judgy. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was what in the summer, Michelle was intermittent fasting and I would come over to Leslie's and I couldn't eat because I was in the fast zone. A little bit of the eye roll. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've discovered this because you are having really good. I'm finding some results. Yeah. And so intermittent fasting, for those of you who are still rolling your eyes, <laughs> Let me just say, it really helps to have a stricter eating time for me. And I think for you as well, between 12 and 8, 12 noon, 8 p.m. is kind of where I started. And you're doing the same right now. Yeah, that's my eating window. Yeah. And so from 8 p.m. till 12 noon the next day, you don't eat. I think it's a game changer in terms of bloating, weight loss, I think, without maybe being the number one factor. Sure. I think it's worked for so many women, though. It has for weight loss. I felt like I gained a ton of weight because I was so bloated. Right. So I felt like I put on 20 pounds. But if you were to see me, I don't know that you would notice. It just was, my clothes were so uncomfortable. Yeah. Water retention is my big, 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 big one. And so when I intermittent fast, Mm -hmm. it just sort of de-bloats everything. Like it's gone. But for me, and this is an embarrassing topic, but I'm just going to throw it there, it wasn't even just water bloating. It was air bloating. Oh. Right. My stomach was gassy. Gassy. Yeah. Lots of rumbling. Right. Like you're filling up with air. I was so there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's uncomfortable. And so then restricting yourself, which if you think about it, you're really not eating when you're sleeping. Yes. And then it was eating the right kinds of foods because it does come back to putting those things in my stomach that can give my stomach the gut health that it needed. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of resources out there. I'm so sure many. there's multi-levels out there that oh, yeah. under drinks that you can take that I'm sure all of you have friends who do this right. that are fantastic too, if you can afford them. Totally. Just a basic fasting app has actually helped me a yes. lot. It just gave me the alarm when I'm going to get ready to eat, the alarm when it's about to to let me know it's stop stop eating. Mm-hmm. And I will say the first time I did it, it was amazing results. Right now, as I'm starting to do it again, my body is really giving me some trouble right now in terms of like the bloating and uncomfortable water retention. Puffiness is really high right yeah. now for me. I have to remember, even though it worked great the first time, I have to remember now just to be patient with myself. I have to be consistent and be patient with myself because eventually it will catch up and I will start to feel less bloated. It is a body reset. Right. So then the research, at least with the Galveston diet, it does give a little bit of the research and the history behind it. Mm-hmm. 
why our bodies are designed to do this. And okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Like the Galveston diet, I read it. It's in a great resource. But is it sustainable for you? Because I know anytime I've tried yeah. these things, I can't stay on it. For me, I never just take one resource. Mm-hmm. So I took little bits out of that mm-hmm. book. Yeah. And I'm not following it to a T. For me, what I took out of it was I loved learning a little bit about why my body would function in this matter. That was great information for me. And then just learning how to time those fasting eating windows Mm -hmm. was great for me. And I am having a very difficult time actually following the diet. Half of the book is actually menu planning. She tells you what to buy and what to cook and all the menus and all of the recipes are in the back of the book. It's fantastic. Now, as a busy mom mm-hmm. who has been married for many years and who now has grown children, I have got some set menus in my house that are just, I shop for them, yeah. they're in my pantry, they're easy, and I have found that I completely defaulted to my own menu okay. planning because of simplicity. But all that to say is even falling back to my old diet, okay. the intermittent fasting is still helping. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I think just having that as your starting point. Yeah. Just do one thing. Amazing. One step. Because you will, I guarantee you will notice a difference. Even if it takes time, like I'm going through right now, Mm -hmm. it does start to make a difference. Yeah. And it's just giving your body that reset and rest. Yeah. Let it process. And gave me the permission to, with my workouts, I'm just moving. Mm -hmm. I am not doing this high intensity cardio workout. And again, the science behind that a little bit that I'm just happy in the morning when I've stretched a little bit, I've gone for a little walk or very casually been on the bike for a little bit. It's not intense anymore. I don't need that. And it really does make a difference. I chose two things to take from that resource Mm -hmm. and I'm just doing those two small things. And you're noticing a difference. I'm so much happier. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing we did talk about before was using the supplements. And I just want to say not all supplements work. And that was... What yeah. we did say is talk to your doctor. So yeah. well, vitamin D, I uh, don't yes. think you'll find any issue practitioner that will tell you don't do it <laughs> in North America. <laughs> do not take vitamin D. You, I don't Me? think you will ever find that person. <laughs> vitamin D. And then there's there would be some controversy or back and forth between magnesium, omega-3s, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So just do your research and ask around. Ask around and try. Just try it and see what it's totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So having said all that. We, as women, are amazing. Yeah. We are it's powerful. so easy to get caught in the last couple of episodes we've been talking about aging and all the negative things about uh-huh. being a woman. But I think let's flip the narrative here today. Spectacular. Hello. Oh my goodness, our bodies are fantastic. Yeah, we women, we don't get enough uh, recognition. Michelle and I were reflecting and looking at how hard it is to raise human beings. First of all, let alone the fact that we created (laughs) human life inside of our bodies. Yeah. Come on, think about it. Miracle. Crazy. Crazy. Oh my gosh. And then we raised them. Yeah. And some mamas went through a hell of a time doing that. Yeah. I mean, I had postpartum definitely with my son. Yeah. So, so hard. And I had it for five years, his first five years. Yeah. However, looking back and as we reflected this morning, I did it. Yeah. I survived. And then the mamas who are in right now with some really tough, either their children have health issues or mental health issues, Mm -hmm. learning disabilities, behavior issues, autism spectrum, 
all kinds of things that you're dealing with now. Now you don't even have to just manage you. You're managing your household Mm -hmm. of all these other humans have their own stuff going on. And the mamas are holding it all together. I know you don't feel like that on some days. (laughs) I'm sure weeks, even years now have passed where you don't feel like you're holding it together. But if you stop for a second and just go, wait a second, look at all of the things that I have accomplished up until this point of survival. Yeah. Wow. That's like a pat on the back. We actually are going to pat on our backs today because, I mean, it is beyond amazing that we are built. I think that's what it is. The, the, The internal strength. And again, while I know that you're sitting there thinking, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't have that, or I've lost it somewhere along the way. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. Internal strength that a female has to protect her home and her children is extraordinary. Right. Yeah. And I just, yeah, um, just acknowledge that. Michelle and I want to celebrate that today. Yeah. And whatever you're going through, mm-hmm. keep going. Keep going. You are powerful. Mm-hmm. Walk in your power. Yeah, walk in it as hard as it may be. Mm-hmm. Feeling sometimes and just putting your feet down on the ground. And things are changing too in talking about how men, the male role in family mm-hmm. has done a 180, I think, over the last few decades. We reflect on the 1950s <laughs> and yes, women were strong and keeping their households together, but there was an expectation. There was sort of a conformity mm-hmm. that needed to happen there. It fought hard against and I think lots of women yeah. did. Gen X women did yeah. fight against that. Yeah. It just was not an option. I just, so I kind of went to the extreme sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that expectation that you are supposed to raise your kids probably work too. Maybe, you know, I think into the 60s, 70s. Then oh, they, now. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. No, that was your job. You were, you were at home. You were oh, a homemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Raising the kids, making the food. Clean my house. Yeah. I think now women have wanted their careers. They're seeking that. They're trying to find this balance, quote unquote, between being career women and still wanting to hold their homes together and have households. I came across this. It must have been a TED Talk. Now I can't quote it. But they were talking about how women are wanting the balance between home and work career. And that it is physically impossible to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Because you can't be 100% in raising your children and taking care of the home. And you cannot be 100% into being a career woman. Or you can, but at what cost? Right. So then you're not in both 100%. 100% both sides. Right. I mean, take that how you will. I'm not saying do not do both. Right. <laughs> so that's no. not what I'm saying. But heard that I kind of had to stop for a second. I thought, what? I kind of got a little like, Meh. what are you talking about? But if you really think about it, and we, I think as women, are a thousand percent in everything that we do. Yes. So yep. the reality is, how can you be a thousand percent as a homemaker, mother, raising your, and a thousand percent as a career? Woman? Yeah. And I don't think it's that you choose one or the other. I don't, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, well, how do you manage that? And I, I don't think balance exists, but I do think you can manage it. Managing, yeah. But and, being aware. And being aware of it. And not beating yourself up that you can't give a thousand percent over here 
and over here That's at the same what I time. Think. It's boundaries. I, it's guarding your no. Yeah. Mm. When you say yes to something, it means that you're going to say no to something else. And that I don't, is so hard to do as a woman. If you are a woman who has found the ability to do that, that's where your freedom comes in. Right. That's where your managing comes in. You get to be a mom. You get to be a career person. Mm-hmm. And career not even paid. I know some pretty fantastic women that volunteer in organizations with 100% of their effort, 1,000% of their effort, and are at home with their kids, but that are doing something outside of the home as well that's not necessarily paid. Or even at kids' schools. I have seen some moms that are running some school as the volunteer mom. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God for those moms because my kid benefited from those moms. And a lot of the time, too, do those moms have their kids in the school? That so mean. that's their way to see their kid. They That's Part their way the, to pour into that kid and all of the other kids who benefit from that mom giving her time and energy mm-hmm. in those schools for free. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for those mamas. Yeah. My kids benefited from everything that they gave in the schools. Right. So cool. Huh. But it is... If you're going to say yes, you're going to say no. And we as women get better at that unapologetically. Well, that's the thing. Okay, let's talk that. Okay. Unapologetically saying no. Stop. <laughs> stop. Full <Period>. stop. <laughs> no excuses. I don't need to justify my no. So the experience of it's happened to you recently where you had to justify, you thought you had to justify for whatever reason, whatever the conversation was, mm-hmm. and you beat yourself up for it for the next day or two because you're like, why did I? Yeah, why did that matter to me? Why did I respond in that way? All of that thing. I will say, though, mm-hmm. it actually was only a couple hours. Okay. And that is so much better Ooh, really? than it used to be. It would have been days Straight, before. Yeah. And this was a couple hours afterwards. Yeah. And then I thought about it and then I let it go. And I was like, oh my gosh, I handled that so much better than Leslie would have a year ago. Right. And then it, again, gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. Terry Cole, The Boundary Boss, I think is the name of her book. Mm -hmm. That was really helpful for me. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that book. Yeah. you're in it, in the thick of it. I just wasn't sure. I was a little bit triggered by the word boundaries. Yeah. And I still try not to use that word, just throwing it around, Mm -hmm. but more of yeah, what are my expectations and what are my what are my wants and desires as opposed to... Because I think that word boundaries, it's like pretentious or it's like this way or no way kind of yes. attitude, right? When it's actually not. It's not at all that. It's not at all that. It really is as simple it's like as... It's a functioning mechanism. <laughs> a functioning mechanism that is required for many relationships, yeah. especially work relationships, mm-hmm. that allows you to know when to say yes. Yeah. And why, why you would say yes to something and why you would say no to something. That's it. Yeah. And I guess giving yourself the priority, giving yourself the ability to put yourself first. And then even better than that, not only you, but the things that matter to you. Yeah. So not only is it about you, it's about the things that are important to you and pouring into your community, your churches, your kids' schools. Mm -hmm. Like I said, all of those other people that are prior to you also benefit. So right. it's not just no. a selfish, just you thing. Right. But it has to start with you and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then going out there and enjoying the things. I think that's wisdom too, though. I think the old, right, they say when you get in your 50s, you're in the dream, right? Because you've been through it and you you know what you like. When you get into your 50s, the idea of having the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Or maturity. Maturity. Confidence. Confidence. All of those things where you get to kind of pick and choose. It's the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom, confidence, maturity. Yeah. Coming together. 
the trifecta. Yeah. But you can't have that until you're older. Till you have the maturity. Till you have confidence. <laughs> until you find right. wisdom. Yeah. And wisdom comes from experience. So that makes us once again look how amazing and powerful we get to be. Mm-hmm. We've earned that. Yeah. And it's so great when you get to find a community of people who sees those things in you mm-hmm. as yeah. women. It's really easy to, especially if you've come from a place of a really tough time, if you've struggled with your marriage or had to leave your marriage or it's, it broke down for whatever reason or you've struggled with kids, that sometimes it's really embarrassing to share those things that you didn't get the perfect life. Parenting didn't work out how you imagined it. Your marriage didn't work out how you had imagined it. Yeah. That why does it have to be that we are afraid or I don't even know what the word is to share those things and be open about those things? Yeah. Why is that? Where does that come from? The idea of being judged as women, because you're not upholding the role that you're supposed to be in charge of everything and in control of everything. And let me just tell you right now, we're not. No, you can't possibly be. Nobody is. No. And so if we all actually know that and hear that, wow, look at all the... That stress, I guess, would be taken off your back. I know. Embarrassing stories. I mean, growing up as a woman is really hard. So think about taking you back to junior high. Mm -hmm. How hard is junior high? I literally would not wish that on my worst enemy. I had a nightmare of a junior high. Like full on girls are mean. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we could all probably count bullying stories. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just the crazy things. I had somebody create a petition. I came to a new school in grade seven, uh-huh. and I, all of the girls in my junior high signed a petition to get rid of me oh. the first couple of weeks that I was there. How lovely. And then I arrived at school one morning. They stood on the lost and found box and read out that we are banning um. me, Leslie, mm-hmm. from this school. Go back to where you came from. Wow. Oh. And the whole junior high was standing in the main foyer banning me. So what did you do? I always got a, along better with boys, yeah, with right? Boys. Yeah. So this one boy, Sean, I'm going to say, and this is a cool story, was just beside me when we came in. We walked to school together and he came in with me and was standing there and he's just was like, don't believe that. And we went outside. We talked it through. I sat on the bike rack and talked it through. And he said, you're going to get up and you're going to go back in there. And I did. And it was a blip. And that was it. Nobody remembered. It, they, everybody went back to class and it was done. It was done. And the cool thing is, is I saw this man with his family, his young kids and his wife mm. in the grocery store years back, but it would Still. have been years after the fact. Yeah. And I just said, I just want to thank you. For saving that was a really good day. deal. I will always remember you. And his face was just like, oh my gosh, didn't know, have a clue. So great. No well, that I, how much he impacted your it was a gift to have bumped into yeah. him. I mean, you've got embarrassing stories. This is awful. We all have them. Period stories, you guys. <gasps> oh, gosh. Embarrassing. Yeah. I um, got my period early. I think I was either 10 or 12. I can't remember. So early. But I was a dancer. And so I, we, were, we were traveling to Edmonton. And I was with my mom and my really good friend at the time. We stopped at a road stop to grab some food and I had to pee. And the gas station bathroom and all of a sudden look down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. TMI. <laughs> what the, right? <laughs> what is, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is, what is going on right now? I mean, I knew about the period, but not really about the period. I'm like, you know of it, but you're like, what the? 
not expecting it. I had no, I mean, I don't know if I had symptoms before then, but all of a sudden I'm in a gas station off the highway in like grunge dirt and I have my period. I'm like, what the hell? What, what do I do? Mom. So great that you were with your mom. Thank goodness. But it took me, I remember it took me, I felt like it was an eternity to like call my mom because I was embarrassed. Even to ask your mom? Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. My mom and I are extremely close. We've always been close. I can talk to her about anything. But for whatever reason, it was just traumatic. I found the same thing. I was away for the summer. Mm -hmm. So when it happened to me, I did the same thing. What is going on? And then when I had to call my mom to tell her, I was almost embarrassed. Mm -hmm. What is that about? Right. That's the thing. What? Why? I don't know. Different now. Different. And I didn't have anything. So this yeah, is what I did differently with my daughter. I okay. think you did too, is well before she Prepared. got her period, we talked about it, gave her a little bit of recon. This is what it might look like. And then we put together a little pencil case that had a clean pair of panties in it, yeah. a pad, yeah. a little Full on towelette, <laughs> a moist towelette. Mm-hmm. Should this happen? And she just kept that safety bag in her backpack should this happen at school. Right. Yeah. She knew what to expect. She knew what it was going to feel like. She knew that she might feel back pain, cramping, and go to the bathroom. Yeah. And then there was a little bit of a change and she okay. was ready for it. And then when she got it, we went for lunch. <laughs> we <Celebrate>. celebrated. <laughs> I don't think my daughter was interested in the celebration, but we, it was being prepared, you know, wrapping a whole roll of toilet paper around my underwear mm-hmm. to get out of the bathroom was you know, not ideal, not going to happen for her. You right. know what I mean? And so it was a nightmare and I didn't actually, again, TMI know how to use a tampon. I could not actually ask my mom that. Yeah. So I was in high school, let me tell you. And I was a dancer. So that <laughs> wrapping toilet paper around a pad with a bodysuit. I mean, what the heck was that? Tampon I didn't learn how to use until high school. And my best friend taught me when we went away to Vancouver. And who taught her? Probably her sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So that wasn't going to happen for my kid. There was no way. I prepared her. We went to the drugstore. We took a tour down a field trip down the aisle of the all of the feminine. Oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. You have no clue. Yeah. And then the, the other thing too is that I had a hysterectomy mm. when my daughter was two because I had severe endometriosis, which we'll talk about in a minute. But because I had the hysterectomy, it no longer got my period. So I forgot kind of mm. what the whole process is mm-hmm. until I realized, oh my gosh, I have a daughter that is going to probably soon get her period. And so it was like, okay, full on chit chat, field yeah. trips, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. And mm-hmm. it seemed an easier transition for her mm-hmm. compared to yours as well. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the thing with endometriosis is that I didn't I didn't have it. So I didn't know very much about mm-hmm. it. I'd heard people talk about it in passing. And so I Googled it. Well, I didn't really know. And then we know of a young girl who has this really bad and it is debilitating. And so until I saw it, mm-hmm. because all my girlfriends who would have had it would have had it a long time ago, so I wouldn't have seen it play out. And now I'm seeing this friend of ours who's 16 
going through. Oh, it breaks my heart. Just down and out, puking in the toilet. Yeah. The pain is so severe. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had, still have endometriosis. Again, you get it kind of when your period starts. So again, I can't remember if it was 10 or 12, but it's basically a disease, which now they've named it, in which tissue similar to the lining of the uterus grows outside of the uterus. And it can go anywhere, which is rare, which of course I have. It causes extreme inflammation and scar tissue. Mm -hmm. So as it starts, every time you get your, you menstruate, it leaves scar tissue. And so all of that foreign material in your body Mm -hmm. causes pain Mm -hmm. when you're menstruating. Mm -hmm. When it first started, again, I was this little girl and trying to explain this kind of pain in that area was embarrassing. Yeah. And to go see doctors who were at the time all male. Of course. Right. And trying to explain the pain and then having to go through physicals at young age was pleasing. Sure. I mean, my mama was there right beside me the whole time, but it started that young. And for many, 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 many years, it was excruciating. My whole grade seven year, I missed about a month and a half of school straight. I was in so much pain. I was in the hospital. I was passing out. I was throwing up. I was done. And it was unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. Yeah. And I think as a mom, to think that your daughter's going through this and not know what's happening or not. Terrible. If you didn't have it as a young girl, and then to see that your daughter's having these symptoms. And again, your doctor, well, they don't then, know. No idea back then. Now, But even now, I wonder if how much education, when we found this with menopause, I think that whole learning curve is starting now. I think, yes, exactly. And I've seen now a lot of women coming out on social media talking about endometriosis. Mm -hmm. Because not only are you having severe pain, but you're also having, especially in the children, the issue of fertility, infertility. Mm -hmm. And so either you can't get pregnant or you can get pregnant and lose and have miscarriages. So I had five five miscarriages in between having my two kids. That was years mm-hmm. of trying to have, right? So my kids are five years apart for not intentionally, but for whatever reason, God decided, okay. But the, the cause was endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And so when my daughter was two, I had a hysterectomy. But in the years going through, I had painful treatments. So I had injections into my stomach to try and kill nerve endings. I had about 19 laparoscopy surgeries. What is that? So laparoscopy is where they go in and basically scrape. So they go in from, the, I know it's graphic. They go in from the belly button and above the pubic bone and they go in with two tools and scrape. So I had 19 of those, like out of control. And so because my endometriosis was so severe, it was just awful. Like it was a nightmare. It really is a miracle that you have two children. It really is. So, and I say that all the time. I had I had a miscarriage right before my son. And then, so actually I had six miscarriages. But five, one right after the other, and then I had my daughter. So I'm very, very, very blessed. But for some reason, that's the other thing. People are telling you you're nuts. Like, what are you doing to your body? Why are you continually trying to have another baby? And I just knew, I just knew for whatever reason mm-hmm. that my girl was coming sometime, somewhere, somehow, and she did. With her, my pregnancy, I was bedridden. Like I was in bed and was out. Yeah. I had to leave my job and that was the end of it. So again, looking back, wow, 
I survived that. Thank you very much. Just like other, all these other women going through all of this nightmare as a woman. Yeah. It's almost like those junior high years and how hard they are, are what strengthens us. It's too bad. That's what it takes. Mm -hmm. But just the amount of relational aggression that happens in junior high and just really learning how to forge your path, all these embarrassing moments that happen. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how we remember them. I did find these one things for my daughter, those thinks panties. I feel like every mom should know about these. And actually, as a teacher, when I did have my period, this was a big deal for me to know that I am covered. You're good. I can wear white jeans. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a game changer. They are amazing. Every so they're period panties. They're period panties and they you do not leak. So you could wear a tampon as well, yeah. just to make sure your bases are covered. Mm-hmm. And these things, panties, they have nighttime ones, they have daytimes, they have low flow, high flow. They're worth the money. Shout out to the adventure, though. Yes, they are so good. I think there's different brands that are better. Yeah. There's Thinks and NYX. Okay. Yeah. Are the Canadian brand, I okay. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Thinks one are American. They're a little oh. bit cuter, but okay. they're worth it. So worth the money. Even if you just buy five pairs for your okay. five days. Yeah do it. And those who have daughters, take, just taking that anxiety out of the leaking and yeah. sitting, getting up from your desk and having someone say, oh, by the way, it just, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, nightmare. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, so we've kind of been through all these little things is mm-hmm. we're approaching empty nesting, Michelle. Well, I am a little you are closer to that than, than me for are. sure. Both of my kids are older and one just moved and my son is about to as well. So legit on my own soon. Yeah. I think this would be a whole other episode where we talk about raising adult children. Yeah. How this feels when the home becomes quiet again. What does this mean for marriages? I know that rediscovering your spouse and that's a whole other topic. And this whole sex drive thing too and is that, the I more I talk about it, the more women I realize are going through this. And so how do we reignite our marriages and or find new marriages at this point is probably well, yeah. half of our friends are divorced. Yeah. So they're st- seeking new relationships, yeah, starting, starting new relationships. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Starting while you're going through menopause. Oh, my gosh. It's like. I know. And the idea of because I am close to the empty nest and solo. Yeah. So in my home, there will be no one. I've got two cats and a dog and I refuse to be a cat lady, but it's still <laughs> I, I will not let that happen to her. <laughs> I'm on it. Right. So again, if I allow myself to go there and feel low and stay in that little bubble, I'm going to be legit alone, alone, alone. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure out a way to reach out to have my girlfriends. Yeah. Right. I do. Because otherwise, it's easy to be alone, to get lonely, to isolate, and this is the, it. Does seem easier, and it seems like that's the answer in the moment. But so sisterhood, let me tell you, especially when you are in a season of change, is all. And I'm telling you that from experience. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So keep finding your people, keep connecting, make the effort. It's reaching out. Pursue your friendships. Yeah. Pursue your people. If you know of someone in your group who's out there and who's putting themselves, then reach out to them. Take the step mm-hmm. and 
and just pull them out. Mm-hmm. Help them pull, pull, pull them out. Sisterhood. I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad you're it. my sister. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for doing life with me. And you guys too. Have a great week. Peace out. Thanks for making time to be with us. This is Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories inspire you to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time. 